Welcome to See Our Studies. Join us each week as we take a deep dive into the Word of God, start a conversation, and discuss how it applies to our lives today. What up, what up? Welcome to See Our Studies. It is the Romans podcast. When in Rome. And so we are in week... 73 of this wait how, what week are we actually i don't know i think it's like actually like four maybe. okay so <laughs> no, five it might be five it's like the fifth episode so week four or so of when in rome um jd um i know that we are extremely excited i know this is going to air after uh-huh. so i don't know what it's going to be like but we have the rangers in game three this could be a really morbid listen to here in a week um because you know the last all right, so as we sit right now, the Rangers are currently 2-0 in the ALDS, um, and they won both games on the road in Baltimore. But you know the last team to go on the road, win two games on the road in the ALDS, the last team to come home and lose the rest of the games, you know who that was? Us. It was us in 2015 <laughs> against the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, and so, but we already swept them. We've Yeah, we've been set up for who was some, the, who was the uh, young some rookie we brought in. Oh my gosh, I'm just gonna blank on his name. Now Evan Carter. Yeah, Evan Carter. Do you know that he has been in a hotel room for 44 straight nights? Really? Yeah. Because he doesn't have an apartment, doesn't have a place. Right. Just... Like he's just because they called him up and he's been traveling and they've been on the road. I hope the team's comping that because I know he's not making bank right now. His first year, like you know what I mean? Like that's. I do. I do know what you mean. Yeah. Okay. Let me ask you. A... <laughs> let me okay. ask. You, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Um, out of our entire staff, uh-huh. we get to face. 20 pitches from a major league pitcher. Uh-huh. Any major league pitcher. Yeah. Nobody's making contact. You don't think any of us? No. Not out of 20 pitches. If you're swinging, like if you're just trying to like lay down a bunt, you might be able to pull that off. But you are not making contact. If you're swinging. Like if what, you're just, even if they're throwing strikes. Yeah, no, you're not making contact. There's you don't no think way. so. Hey, let go to a batting cage where they're throwing the ball 80 miles an hour. You're not going to make contact. See, I'm betting... I'm betting I hit five. I'm betting I hit five of them. Our, our guest is over here. I'll tell you. I'll tell you who especially is not going to make. I'll tell you who's absolutely not making contact is Jaden Thompson. Our Are special guest, Jaden Thompson. Me? There we go. Hi. Thanks for the great welcome. How you doing, JT? How you doing, JT? I'm doing great. For those of you who don't know about Jaden, he uh, he's, serves on staff here. He's one of our interns. He he's crushing it. Yep. Um, he also is a uh, and this is part of why we went with the intro we did. He's also a little bit of an amateur sports podcaster. That's right. Fourth and long, yeah. Yeah. semi-pro, sports semi-pro. Podcaster. Yep. Are you guys making money at this point, or y'all um, lucrative? Um, Y'all were sponsored by Miralax in episode two. That's what I heard. No, not sponsored by Miralax. <laughs> Y'all just rep. Y'all just you just you just pick your sponsor out of the air. Yeah, it wasn't. A sp- we specified that it wasn't a sponsorship. <laughs> you just y'all so. just big fans of the product. <laughs> Parker is a big fan of the product. <laughs> I swear, Parker Sheback. If you don't know Parker, um, a, a weird amount of his stories go back to like. It references to laxatives or bowel <laughs> movements of some kind, yes. and it's just—it's a bit ridiculous. Apparently, he—he um, he did an illustration one time about his dad. That used to be a joke his dad would do, which is like, you know, somebody would be having an issue, it'd be like, "We well, should take a laxative." Um, and him in first grade, uh, his teacher was like really pregnant at the time, wasn't feeling great or whatever, and he was like, uh, "Miss, whatever her name was, uh, have you tried taking a laxative for that?" <laughs> <laughs> Got in trouble. Um, so there's, there's. You probably a, didn't know what it was. No, but there's, ton- yeah, he had no idea. But like, there's tons of yeah. weird 
laxative things going yeah. on. Well, if, if you get a chance to check out Fourth and Long, we want to do our uh, little brothers on the pod uh, a favor. Yeah. So go check it out. Yeah. Fourth and it's long. A, it's a pretty, yeah. it's a good listen. <laughs> I recommend picking up from episode two. Episode one, you guys were working on some kinks and learning some stuff. Maybe we should just delete that one. No, 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 yeah. no, no. Okay. I think okay. you need well, it for history. It remind yeah. remind you how far you've come. That's okay. exactly. That's exactly. Yeah, it's been right. three episodes. <laughs> we've come <laughs> really far. <laughs> come, yeah, there's a podcast kick around you, here. You, you have come really far in three episodes. Really I guess we really have far. for three episodes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, nonetheless. Rangers, yeah, let's guys, get it. Don't let us down. Get it done. No, they can't. They can't let us down. They've Uh-oh. already Here by far. What I'm saying is they've mm. already by far exceeded what anybody you thought. No, that's true. Because if you would have told me in March, like, hey, the Rangers will be two games up in the ALDS, I would say you're crazy. There's no way in the world yeah. that's happening. What if I told you two games up with three to play? Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> you know I'm saying? that's well, the only way you could be two games oh, up in the DS. Well, no, you could be – yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, you could you could sweep them. But yeah, you could. Yeah, you guys. Because it's, it's a five game series, but nonetheless, go Rangers. It's where we didn't expect to be. It's exactly right. And hopefully, by the time you're listening to this, you're like, guys, that's old news. They're on to the CES. Yep. Um, that would be awesome. All right, let's play ball. I mean, duh, with Rom- the Romans. <laughs> Romans, yeah. Um, so we're gonna pick up where we left off. Um, so Romans chapter three, we're gonna go verses twenty one through thirty one. Um, Big fan, by the way. Paul's oh. Paul's dropping bars right here. Yeah. Who? Wait. Uh, who, Pretty who, good. Who wrote the book, Jaden? It was Paul, of course. Paul, it was Apostle yeah. Paul. Yeah. Paul. Who was he Paul. writing it to? He was writing it to the church in Rome. Guys, he's a st- in the name. He's a scholar, the- intern, yeah, I, theologian. I got my reading glasses on. So, yep. Yeah, okay. He's, for those of you who don't know, he's wearing. None of you would know because you can't see. He's wearing sunglasses right now inside. This is it's a ridiculous scene. It's if very you walk bright in this room. Um, anyways, I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read it for us, and then we can kind of just discuss it, um, talk about it, see how it applies to our lives. And there's gonna be lots of application here. Sounds this is, good. This is one of the more powerful uh, passages in all Scripture. And so, it says this. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Jesus or that is in Christ Jesus <clears throat> whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith this was to show God's righteousness because of his design forbearance he had pa- he has passed over former sins it was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be justified he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus that that what becomes of our then what becomes of our boasting it is excluded but what kind of law by the a law of works no but by the law of faith for we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law or is god the god of the jews only is he not the God of the Gentiles also? Yes, of Gentiles also. Since God is one, who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith? Do we then overthrow the law the law by this faith? By no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. Um, and so obviously in this passage, we see some really, really powerful stuff. Jason, kind of what, what, 
what would you start off with to jump onto this? Man, it's like Paul like tried to fit every theological term possible into a few sentences. Yeah. You've got righteousness, propitiation, you got some justification, too, for sure. like all kinds of incredible stuff. Um, but I mean, you you've got this uh, kind of interesting turn because I mean, what has he been setting up for two and a half chapters? The sin of humanity. Yeah, and he's going to lean into that as well. But like, you get this glimpse of hope, and he's kind of kind of turn from where they've been, uh, or what what many of the religious leaders have kind of thinking is like that. You know, it's going to be the the law that brings them to salvation, and he's going to turn mm-hmm. them into. Uh, a different like understanding like so you know salvation has always come through faith mm-hmm. um, and so he's gonna you know that's that's kind of where Paul's gonna go from it. it starts out in verse 21 it says you know but now uh, the righteousness of God has been made manifest apart from the law so like the fullness of the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law although the law and the prophets bear witness to it so he's saying the law points to this righteousness mm-hmm. But the, the law is not what manifests this righteousness. The, the, the righteousness of God is manifested in God and in Jesus Christ our Lord. And so that's really what he's getting into. They're trying to be, uh, they, they think this is that like kind of the, the salvific work of God is done through the law. Like if you can keep the Levitical law, if you can keep all of the moral law, all the civil law, all, you know, like all of those different kinds of things, then you bring salvation. And what we know from kind of a reading of scripture throughout is that, uh, if anyone is going to find salvation by keeping the law, we are toast. And that's really what he's going to say in just a minute, like that it's not going to be the law that saves us because none of us is capable of keeping it. You know, the Bible says there is none that are righteous, not one, not one. And so he's going to he's going to give us this understanding. The righteousness of God comes through faith. That's what it says in verse 22. So it's not the law. The law points us to it. So the law is a standard we measure our life against. And we go, man, I don't measure up. Mm. And the point of that is not to have me live in a state of hopelessness. It's to go, if I can't save me by keeping the law, I've got to start reaching for something that can. Mm. And he's saying the righteousness of God is actually through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. So you have Faith, you have the placement of faith in Jesus, and you have the belief in Jesus. And this says, for grace as a gift through the redemption, or sorry, uh, I skipped, for there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift. And so you get justification not by meeting the law, not by upholding that standard, but by, I mean, I, I talked about this a little bit on Sunday. You had the world's standard is, is a spirit of condoning. Hmm. Let's don't call anything right and anything wrong. You can do whatever you want to do, whatever makes you happy. Um, legalist and religious elitist and kind of holier than thou people will will have a condemning spirit. Like, well, there's a high standard, and you can't reach. No one else can reach it. Everybody, you're you're all terrible people. Um, Jesus is going to have a gracious spirit that's going to say, yes, the standard is high. Let's never lower the standard because the standard is the righteousness of God. But. Jesus' gracious spirit is the thing that will elevate you to that standard. <clears throat> no, I, uh, yeah, I, I read this and I was, I was cert- like really encouraged um, just thinking about uh, the salvation is not found in the law. Uh, although this is not, uh, you'll hear certain certain preachers and, and people teach will say like, oh, well, we, 
we don't, I only teach in the New Testament, I don't teach in the Old Testament, like I, I focus in on the epistles and the gospels, and those are all awesome, but there is so much value to even looking at the Old Testament and the law and the prophets and recognizing that throughout all of history, throughout all biblical history, they have pointed to this Savior who would come from outside the law, and they've also um, pointed to the fact that none of the prophets were saved by their own works. Um, none, of, none of the uh, uh, the forefathers, uh, uh, Abraham, Isaac, like these guys were not saved because of they deserved salvation. They were saved by faith. And we're, we're going to get to that in a second when we're talking about how in chapter 4 Abraham was justified by faith. Or he's going to begin to address that about yeah. how um, the Old Testament points to were saved by faith and not by works. Um, now this was super countercultural then because here's a culture that honestly, much like today's culture, is all about well, you know, you be a good person. You do good things. You give money. You're supportive. Like you're you're upholding good causes. You're doing all this stuff. And God is saying in verse 23, Jesus, like uh, in the words of God, the words of Paul here, saying, "For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God," um, which can be can be concerning, right, Jaden? Yeah, I mean, I I guess it's concerning, but it's not a surprise. Like we all sin, so we fall short. Yeah, I mean, most people would agree that they, they've sinned and they've messed up, right? Yeah, yeah. And the problem with that is, like, what Scripture is saying is that if you've sinned, you fall short of that glory. And later we're going to get to um, the wages of sin is death. Yeah. And so if we've all sinned and we all deserve death, that means we're in need of salvation. But that only comes through faith in God. Yeah, there's this inherent, like— danger in looking at things from a standpoint of, man, if I can be good enough, and that's what you were just saying. We still live in a culture that thinks, well, if I do this good and I do that good, then that will be good enough. Well, if you think that salvation, even like you could look Old Testament, all this stuff, even if you think salvation is done by works, if your works can save you and then your works also condemn you. So you've got two sides of a scale and you've got one where you're piling up all of your good and the other where you're piling up piling up all of your bad and in and of itself one sin is what separates us from God and so when you put one sin on the bad side then you permanently tip the scales mm-hmm. and put yourself in a position where we find ourselves throughout Romans and the you know, book of Ephesians that that you were dead in your trespasses and sin one sin kills you and permanently tips the scales against you, no matter how much good you do, you cannot tip it back. And so the only way to receive it is not through the law. It's to have Jesus. Jesus is the only way you can put on the good side that will tip the scale in your favor. Yeah. It, well, and it's, I think we, a lot of us might think, well, you know, I've sinned, but, and the Bible says all of a sudden fallen short of the glory of God, but we, we think, well, I'm not... I'm not a murderer, right? I don't know. I mean, on, if you turn on the news right now, you'll just see de- depression um, and, and sadness as this news that's coming out of Israel and just the horrible, horrendous things um, that Hamas has done to uh, these Jewish uh, people out and just living in the countryside, just doing their thing. Um, I mean, just absolutely horrible thing. And it's easy to think. I, don't, I found myself like really battling with like hatred for people who could do these horrible things, um, and it's easy for me to think like, oh yeah, why? Well, ho- like, as a pastor, I'm like, you know, I hope these people go to hell. Like, they deserve hell for, like, you know, torturing and, and killing babies, like doing horrible, horrible things. And I'm like, they deserve hell, and I, I somehow elevate their sin above the sin of my own. And in reality, 
that like I am living apart from Jesus, I'm living in just as much disobedience. In the, in the realm of God, who is the creator of the universe, has told me a, a standard and given me a way to live, and that standard is absolute perfection, and I've fallen short of that. And so I don't have to um, embezzle money and, and, you know, and push grandmas off the curb. And, like, I don't have to do horrible yeah. things to be deserving yeah, this is why punishment. So, absolutely. And this is why so many people, like, struggle with, why do I need salvation, mm-hmm. right? Because what we love to do is, the way I've always said this for years, is we benchmark ourselves against failure. Yeah. So, like, instead of going, like, I want to compare myself to the standard of Christ— I'll go, well, I'm going to compare myself to the standard of somebody who does really evil things. And I go, man, if it's between the two of us getting to heaven, clearly I'm the choice, right? Like, I'm way better than that person because we like to compare. We like to compare our lives. We like to compare our ministries. We like to compare our sins. Um, but that is not how this works. That is a lie that has been pulled a veil over our eyes that Satan loves. Satan loves for people to live in the comparison trap mm-hmm. because while you're elevating yourself over somebody else, you're still not seeking the righteousness that comes from faith and belief in Jesus Christ. And he has you right where he wants you. He has you in a state of lostness because you misunderstand your sin and you misunderstand the gospel. Mm. Well, um, Jaden, if we kind of move on to verse 25, you see a $9 word there. Do you $9, see that? yeah. What is Propitiation. it? Propitiation. What, what does this mean, guys? What, what I mean, you read this, and I, I think this is where a lot of folks who haven't spent a lot of time studying God's Word, haven't spent time in church, would they might get confused and they might blow over it and not realize all the, the theological significance of that word. Yeah, we'll dive in, J.D. I've talked too much. Oh, okay. Um, so if you look at propitiation, it says, who God put forward as propitiation by His blood uh, to be received uh, by faith. Um if we look, uh, you know, if we, we look at that and we're kind of thinking about it, um, I think what we see here, uh, and even in verse 24, it's talking about the justification, uh, are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption uh, that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forth as a propitiation by his blood. Um, there's a reality here is if you are in Christ, you've been justified in Justification, and, you know, an easy kind of easy way to remember this is justified is just as if I'd never sinned. Um, that's the way because of the blood of Jesus. Whenever if you receive Christ as your Savior and you surrender to Him as your Lord, God looks at you and He sees you, but He sees you clothed in the righteousness of Jesus, um, and He takes your sin and He places it upon. Christ at the cross, and so that sin is crucified, and you're bearing his righteousness, so you are seen just as if you'd never sinned, Um, and in that, the reason that happens is because what I just alluded to is what's called the great exchange. God, Jesus gives you his righteousness on the cross, and you give him your sin, and in that moment, it is like a substitutionary moment where you were deserving of the cross. This is that propitiation. This is where you were deserving of the cross. You were deserving of death, and God ran through his own son in your place. Um, and so there's so much theological um, ramifications to this because it, it means this, this kind of mind-blowing thing. I've heard this illustration before. I can't say I came up with it because um, it, I think it's quite smart. If, Jane, suppose there's a man in, trapped in some wet cement in the middle of the street, and there's a truck barreling down towards him. 
100 miles an hour, super fast, coming really, really hard, going to run him over, going to kill him, right? It's going to be like a, a bug splattered on the windscreen. Um, and, like, who – like, let's say this guy who's walking down the street sees this man stuck in there and runs and shoves the man out of the way of the truck and gets run over by the truck. If I were to ask you, who would you be in that situation? Who would I be? Yeah, which character would you be in that situation? The guy stuck in the cement. Yeah, and it, the who who would be the one who got who pushed you out of the out of the cement? Jesus. Jesus. Okay, now here's the question: Who is driving the truck? Uh, me. <laughs> You're in the cement You're and in, driving yeah, the truck. Yeah, yeah, no. I don't know. Can I? So it's kind of two places. Yeah. Away? No, and and that's a super common answer. And like a lot of people will be like, "Oh, sin or Satan." All these things, but in reality, and here's kind of what's wild about this, of this propitiation of this substitute, God the Father is the one who's driving the truck. Um, see, because we didn't sin against God, we didn't sin against Satan, we sinned against God the Father, and God the Father is the one who requires the justice and the judgment on our sin. And so whenever Jesus pushes us out of the way, whenever God is willing to kill him, he is running through his own son for our sake. And that's a pretty wild thing. And it's crazy that, that Jesus puts himself in that situation. It's crazy all the more that whenever John 3, 16, for God so loved the world yeah. that he sent his son as a propitiation, as a substitutionary sacrifice to take our place who were disobedient, prodigal children run away from home. Yeah. That's who God saves. It's crazy. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of translations are going to use the word atonement when yeah. you get into this, which is kind of leaning into the same thing. And, and if you do a, kind of some research on the idea of atonement or you can attend Equip Beliefs Ooh. next semester. Uh, but if you get into atonement, there's there's depending on what you read, there's lots of different views of atonement. There's usually considered seven uh, primary views of atonement. But um, all of them are have some little level of truth to it. Um, uh, but some of them are missing something. I mean, personally, there's what's called the, it, it kind of deals with the, what's called the penal substitution view of atonement, which is just recognize like that there was a, there was a penalty mm-hmm. that had to be paid and a substitution that was made on our behalf, even though we deserved nothing, earned nothing. Um, there was this, or what sometimes is just referred to as substitutionary atonement. Um, but I, I think sometimes we, we look at just substitutionary atonement. We go, well, somebody stepped in on behalf of me. Mm-hmm. And you go, um, yeah, and for, for somebody you love or for somebody that is good, lots of people might step in for somebody. But the idea of what's really happening here is you're not stepping in for a good person. You're stepping in for a guilty person. Mm-hmm. This person did something wrong. This person did something um, that literally is going to cause the death of our savior who's going to die for our sins. That's how wrong, how broken, how messed up we were. I mean, that's why you know, you see it in the New Testament, you know, Paul says uh, many people might die for a, a good man, but who would do that for somebody who is wicked and evil? Well, Jesus. Jesus stepped in for people who are wicked and evil, who deserved the penalty of death according to the sins that they had committed and their outright rebellion, our out, my outright rebellion against God. And Jesus became a substitution to mm. rescue me from that. And so it's there's so much depth and richness to this, but it's also such a an unbelievable picture of his love. It's an unbelievable picture of grace and mercy and what he does for us. Like the another word that gets used repeatedly in this text is the word justified. Mm. And 
you know, the way I would say this, we love in church to talk about the idea of the word forgiveness, um, but the word forgiveness does not hold the weight of the word justification. So forgiveness is amazing. Like, you know, if, if Jaden does something that I don't like, um, I can look at you and go, I forgive you, buddy. But there's still a reality that I I remember what he's done. Yeah. Um, I might treat him differently moving forward. I'm, it might be now there's trust that has to be re-earned, all these kinds of things, because it didn't, it, it, it still exists even though I've forgiven you. Well, justification is God choosing to go, I'm going to take your sin and cast it as far as the east is from the west and remember it no more, and I'm going to make it just as if you had never sinned. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to see you that way, wrapped in and clothed in the righteousness of Jesus, our Savior, and His Son. I'm going to see you this way. And it's it's unbelievably powerful when you think about what justification actually means. Yeah, it's... Uh... <clears throat> It honestly should cause you to, to take a step back and, and just be just be thankful um, because that that's a reality of if you're in Christ, no matter – I mean, I don't know what you did five minutes ago before listening to this, but if you're in Christ and that five minutes ago was the worst moment of your life, the darkest pit of sin that you've ever experienced, um, if you're in Christ, like – there, there's forgiveness that that is that is deeper than any forgiveness that you can imagine. Is you say it's like God remembers it no more. It's like he he can't forget things actually, but he will never throw that in your face again. Like mm-hmm. he's not he's not a god that that carries around ammo to beat you upside the head with that mistake. You know you might you might mess up to your siblings and uh, ask forgiveness and they may say they forgive you, but it, com- it comes up in every argument. That is not how our God operates. He truly remembers it no more, not in that he doesn't remember it, but he will never bring it to your recollection. He yeah. will never point it out to you. Um, at, the only reason that, honestly, Paul mentions his sin, talks about how he was chief sinner, top dog, protos sinner. Um, the only reason he mentions it is so that it can serve as a testimony for him in the future. Um, but he's been ultimately justified. And if you're in Christ, you've been justified. And you can walk with your head held high, um, clothed in the righteousness of, righteousness of Jesus. You're not a slave to sin anymore. There's forgiveness for you. I think part of what adds just so much of a power to this is, you know, there's words we talk about all the time, like mercy, mercy, uh, grace, justice. These are things that exist in God. Um, if someone shows you mercy, what does that mean? Uh, you, what you didn't. You didn't get what. You didn't get you what did. you deserved. Yeah, yeah, you didn't get what you deserved. Yeah. Mercy is you did something wrong. You deserve something, but I'm going to show you mercy. I mean, you're not going to get what you deserve. Grace takes that a step further and goes, I'm actually going to give you something you didn't deserve. Um, and and then at the same time, you've got justice, which is getting what you deserve. Mm. And so some people go, well, how can God be both just? and merciful and gracious. If God is gracious and he's going, hey, I'm not going to hold J.D.'s sins against him, where is his justice in that? Did God abandon justice? And I'd go, no, that's what substitutionary atonement is all about. Mm -hmm. God poured out his justice on his own son so that he took all of what we deserved Mm -hmm. so we could receive all of what we did not deserve. And that is the balance you see of the gift of Jesus and the freedom that we have because of him. Yeah, and as we continue, like, even in that, in who he is, he's demonstrating his own righteousness. 
um, talks about in the end of verse 25 about this propitiation, about this substitutionary atonement. Um, to be, it's received by faith, but this was to show God's righteousness because of his divine forbearance. He had passed over former sins. It's to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier, this is what you're talking about, mm-hmm. um, of the one who has faith in Jesus. So God is not simply letting us off the hook. It is that the debt has been paid. Um, it, it, God is not taking a, like if this, and this, a lot of this is legal language if you look at it um, in the Greek, but um, this is not simply, I don't know, Jaden, or me owing Jaden a million dollars and Jaden saying, you know what, it, it, like it's fine and taking me off the hook. This is Jaden taking the million dollars out of his own pocket and paying himself the million dollars. This is, this is, it is paid and it is absolutely paid, but it costs, it, it costs God a great deal yeah. for this. Um, but in that, he's demonstrating his righteousness, which is just a, amazing to see. And we kind of talked about it last uh, episode whenever we were talking about how um, we don't sin all the more so that God's righteousness can be displayed all the more. Um, but in our righteousness, in our ability and, and, and calling to, to live out the will that God has has placed on and the calling that he's placed on our lives, get, that is a demonstration of righteousness because we were once slaves to sin. We were once under the boot of the punishment of the sin that we had committed. But because of what Jesus has done, it frees us to walk in righteousness. Like we don't have to live in this darkness anymore. So God is the justifier and he's just in for forgiving because he's poured out his punishment on Jesus. Yeah, I love how he ends this section because he, he gets into this uh, similar but also separate thing. So I'll set it up like this. Like, So, Jaden, if you were a judge, like a legal judge, and we brought a case against each other, J.D. thought I had done something wrong. I think he is a knucklehead. And we come before a judge. Guilty as charged. (laughs) And we come before a judge and you have to make a declaration, right? And you're going to go, I'm going to, this is how, this is the world's view of, of, of justice, right? Which, which makes total sense, right? Where you go, if you have to declare which one of us is right, what is it going to be based on? All the information, like who was the guilty party. Right. So your your de- declaration of who's right is based on who did the good thing and who did the bad thing. Yeah. Right. The bad the person that did the bad thing is going to be considered guilty, and the one who did the right thing is going to be considered the winner. Right. Right. But all that declaration is based on whatever we've done. Mm-hmm. Um, but you look at this verse. It says in verse twenty six, God presented him to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time, so that he would be righteous. And declare righteous. So he's going, okay, God's going to declare somebody righteous. In our world, we go, well, that's the person who did the good thing. That's the person who did the good work. That's the person who didn't make the mistake. That's the person who, did, like, it's whatever. It's all, it's based on me and my activity. But that's not what he says. He says, and declare righteous the one who had faith in Jesus. Mm. So at the end of the day, it's not going to come down to, for, from a spiritual standpoint in our life, from an eternal standpoint, it doesn't come down, this is what he's been saying the entire section, to the law or my ability to uh, do this right or wrong. It's going to come down to who had faith in Jesus. That's mm-hmm. what it's going to be. Uh, this is a, maybe a little bit of a, a sidetrack here, but 
um, I was sharing with some people last week. There's this little video clip of Pastor Vody Bauckham, um, and it was this uh, really cool little saying, you know, the kind of thing that he had. He said, he said the, the, the gospel demands um, faith and repentance. Like the gospel demands faith and repentance. We have to have faith. We have to believe in Christ, and we have to repent. We have to be willing to turn from those ways. Like, um, you know, you look at the Book of Acts, and you know they were like, "What do we, what do we do to be saved?" And Peter says, "What? Repent and be baptized mm-hmm. um, for the forgiveness for your sins." So, like all that stuff. So he says the gospel demands faith and repentance. And he said, "Now I know a bunch of you guys are sitting out there going, what about obedience? What about obedience?'" And he says, "The gospel does not demand obedience. Obedience is what the gospel produces." Hmm. And I, I just love that idea, like we are not justified or made righteous because of our obedience. We are made righteous because of our faith and belief in God. And when faith and belief in God lands in your life, obedience becomes a natural output of it. Mm. No, that's powerful. Um, well, we can kind of move on a little bit. Um, that way, this is an hour and a half long podcast. That would be fourth <laughs> and long. That wouldn't be good. I guess we'd just be third and long at this point. Um <laughs> What about fourth and short? Can we get a good down and distance on this thing? Yeah, let's try that. Uh, <clears throat> if you look in verse 27 through 31, um, it says this, Then what becomes of our boasting? Uh, it is excluded by what kind of law? By law of works? No, but by law of faith. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Um, or is God the God of Jews only? No, he's not. He's not the God of Jews. He's also the God of Gentiles also. Um, yes, of Gentiles also. Like he, he hits home this point because in this church, um, we're kind of just talking with Jane about this before uh, we clicked record, just about the context of this letter, actually. Um, and we've talked about this on the podcast. There's the, these two competing sides, these Gentiles and these Jewish believers. Um, and these Gentiles have kind of leaned into their... Uh, previous sinful habits, the sinful lifestyle, and the Jews have leaned into their equally sinful uh, legalistic mindset of here's what you have to do. And this is kind of what Jason was talking about with Vodi Bakum about how um, you were talking with Vodi Bakum. That's funny. Yeah. Vodi and I are, are we, just we do out. not we do not hang yeah, out. Yeah, tell him I said what's up. Yeah, he's, um, he's cool though. Yeah, he's a cool guy. Uh, anyway. So you got these two different sides, uh, and he's really hammering at this. He's like, then what becomes of our boasting? Uh, it is excluded. By what kind of law? The law of works? No, but by the law of faith. There's still, there are believers that, that come to church. I say believers. There are people who come to church their whole life, and they will think that this is some sort of like, um, maybe they watched too much VeggieTales as a kid, and VeggieTales, <laughs> the, the, the lesson is almost always to do better. Right yeah. to like listen to your parents, to obey, to to follow the rules. It is almost always the the lesson, and I'm a yeah. VeggieTales fan. But like that is generally the lesson, and that is not the lesson of the gospel. The lesson of the gospel is that you are not deserving of this grace. Um, it is a gift, and it can be life changing, and it should change your behavior. To your point. But whenever you get to heaven, whenever you're standing before the Lord, you better not be pointing to the things that you've done because those evil people that I was talking about a few minutes ago about these Hamas killers and what they've done, 
if by the grace of God, and I pray he does, I pray he saves them and, and, and softens their heart to the truth of the gospel. And the reality is, and it might be a hard reality for some of us to accept, but the worst people on earth, if God is faithful to soften their heart to the point where they would cry out to Jesus for salvation, I believe that God would save them. And here's the reality, I am no more saved than any one of them. Because it's not based upon works. It's based upon the grace. It's based upon faith that we put our faith in Jesus. Uh, and so maybe you're out there today, and you w- would say to me, J.D., I am the worst person in the world. Like, I, I just absolutely am just, uh, 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 I just mess up on epic proportions. I've perhaps, I, I've done horrible, horrible, horrible things. I would never tell anybody. I've, I, I've, I've just disgraced myself, my family, all these things. And you might tell me, there's no way that I can have salvation. And I would say, there's no way you can earn salvation. Right. But this isn't about works. This is about faith. Put your faith in Jesus. And the worst sinner or the sweetest old lady in any old church, it is the same path to salvation. It is putting your faith in Jesus Christ. Um, It says, since God is one who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. So whether you are a goody-goody two-shoes or whether you uh, just got out of prison and you're just trying to find some hope, trying to find some salvation, uh, there's salvation, and it is in the same direction for all people. Uh, It is towards Jesus. yeah, he's really kind of unpacking. Like, it's not about these externals. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not it's not the marks of your flesh. It's not the stuff on the outside. It's the stuff on the inside. And that's that's why he starts off with the boasting thing, right? Where he's like going, um, you know, where then is the boasting? Is it excluded by the law? Well, well, the law wouldn't exclude boasting. Like, yeah. if 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 the law was what saved me, then I can brag all day long about what good I did. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I accomplished this. I kept this law today. I kept this law today. And I could brag about, man, I kept so many more laws than J.D. And I would, I mean, don't even get me started with Jaden. I mean, I mean, I dominated that guy. Like, you know, but if you're, if that's, if that's where salvation comes from, if that's, then, then you can brag all day long. But he says, no, on the contrary, by, uh, uh, no, on the contrary, by a law of faith. And so if it's based on faith in Jesus Christ, and Jesus is the one doing all the work for my salvation, then I got nothing about me to brag about. The only mm-hmm. thing I have to boast about is boast in him. Um, and that's kind of where he's steering. And then he goes straight from that into the circumcision thing where he's like, man, this isn't about the marks on the outside of your body. This is about what God has done um, eternally, spiritually, in your heart, all of that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, just pointing us back to our ultimate need for Jesus. What's interesting, <clears throat> maybe we close on this, um, you know, there's all this division uh, in the world, and there's all this division in our country, and honestly, there's division. Uh, there, there are people in, in our very church that would be divided from other folks based on outward characteristics or things that are um, outside our, their control or anything. Like, there, there's division, but I think what we see here um, is is a church that is divided but is what Paul is harping to and what Paul's getting at is that you can have unity within your faith because ultimately you are all condemned. Yeah. Um, and so really he's been trying to tear down all of these preconceived walls and these notions of here's like, oh, I'm better than these other people for A, B, and C reasons. He's tearing all that down and he's saying you guys are all sinners and you guys are all in need of salvation and the only way to do it is the only path that all of you can take and it is by putting your faith in Jesus. You are unified in your faith. And so as there might be temptation to look around at the world around us and and even think that fellow believers are uh, 
they're you know they're they're wrong on this they voted for the wrong person they're doing the wrong thing they believe the wrong stuff um there's reality if they're in christ jesus and they put their faith in him they got to the father the same way that you did um and they're going to enter heaven the same way that you will by declaring their faith in jesus and that is the only path for salvation Uh, it's not who you vote for it's not the good things that you do it's not how much money you have or how much money you give it is where your faith is placed yeah yeah i wanted to add um And my personal walk, at the beginning of my walk with the Lord, like eight years ago here at Crossroads, this was something I really struggled with just because throughout my life I had been in sports. So a lot of my, I guess, identity was found in, like, my performance. It was performance-based. So, like, starting a walk with the Lord was like, man, am I doing the right thing? Am I, like, doing enough? Like, what should I do now? Um, and it was like, what do I need to do like, to get that salvation, um, to earn like, the salvation that I've accepted? Um, but like, hearing this um, for the first time, it just, not right now, obviously. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, like, yeah. I was like, James, is like, something happening right now? <laughs> becoming, g- gaining that understanding of just it's through faith and not what I'm doing, yeah. it was a challenge for me at the beginning of my walk just because my past patterns in life were performance-based. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's our culture. It's it's all performance-based, right? If you're going to move up in your job, it's performance. If you're going to get the girl, get the guy, it's going to come down to some level of performance for a lot of people, at least initially. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going to succeed in sports, it's going to come down to performance. You're going to succeed in school, yeah. it's going to pr- come down to performance. And so it's no it's no mystery why we get into church and we go, let's continue to make it about performance. Um, and it is. It is about performance. It's just not your performance. Yeah. It's what Jesus performed on the cross that changed everything for us. Um, and and so that's you know that's what we anchor our life to. And that's honestly that's what drives us. I mean, I, I love what you're saying a minute ago, JD. This is the thing that pulls us all together. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what makes us all alike. I mean, in our church and in every church, there's a group of people that really have no other. Most of them have no other reason to connect except this. This is what draws us together. This is what unites us. This is what unifies us. Outside of this, we we dress different, talk different, have different backgrounds, different ethnicities, uh, some different languages, um, might have different political leanings, might have different, like, there's all kinds of differences, but there's one thing that draws us together, and that is belief in Jesus Christ and trusting Him for our salvation. Um, And it is bigger than all the things that might separate and divide us. <clears throat> I mean, you look at our church uh, this past Sunday. I saw Cowboys jerseys. I saw Eagles jerseys. I saw 49ers jerseys. Oh, man. <sighs> it's painful. That but after rough. 30 years, I, I get it. But there's a reality there that um, we're all, uh, we all have the same father because of we're unified in the same faith. And um, what's wild is we have more in connection, even as the worldwide church, we have more in connection with believers in Africa than we do our next door neighbors that don't have a relationship with Jesus. We're unified in that we were once dead in our trespasses and sins, um, but because of the grace and loving kindness of God, our Savior, uh, Jesus Christ, we've been saved. Um, and so if you are like Jaden right now, uh, and you are have just been spinning your wheels trying to earn your salvation, I, I pray uh, and believe that uh, we serve a God that if you cry out to Him right now, 
um, asking forgiveness for your sins and surrendering to his lordship in your life, believing that he is who he says he is, that he died on a cross and rose from the dead. Um, scripture talks about how you will be saved. Um, and so I pray right now, and you might be thinking, wow, this is crazy. I'm even listening to this. Um, God desires you, and, and he wants a relationship with you, and there's only one path to do it, and it's the same way that all three of us did it. It's by putting our faith in Jesus. And so uh, I think that sums up for today's podcast. Church, we love you, um, and we're thankful for you, um, and have a good week.